welcome to episode 385 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Getting spooky. Getting spooky. That's right. Um, I will let you say what we're going to do today, but the weather is very on brand with what we're going to be doing today here. It's very dreary It is. And Indeed it is. So I'll let you describe because this was your idea, thankfully, because I had no clue what we should do. <laughs> Well, I thought it would be fun. You know, we last week we did um, scary books of 2019, mm-hmm. um, one of which I read. One of the ones I mentioned, I, I ended up reading. It was The Woman in the Dark by Vanessa Savage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was really good. Let's just throw that out there. Yeah. Um, and today, though, we're going to do scary books from our childhood. Yes. It was such a good idea. Um I I know a lot of the ones. I, I cheated a little bit. I have ones def- definitely from my childhood. Then I have a whole collection of Goosebumps ones, and I'm just going to say, like, these are the Goosebumps I liked because we don't have to spend a whole episode on Arl Stein. And then I have, like, two or three that I read when I was, like, just out of my teenage years, but I think that they're still good for YA horror, but I'll do those at the end because they weren't my childhood, but they sure. were good for people who are interested in, like... You know what you should do? What's that? You should tell her... Yes, continue. Okay. <laughs> this is a, a a siren a siren call for help. Friends, nerds, uh, I read a book when I was a kid in the 90s and it was a horror book for children and it was set in Egypt. This young boy traveled over to Egypt with his parents who were archaeologists and he met this girl who is also the daughter of archaeologists and they are on this dig and the dig ends up being haunted by a mummy and there's a whole bunch of stuff about them trying to escape the mummy and solving the issue and figuring out what's going on and I can't for the life of me figure out what it's called and it's driving me nuts um help if you can tell me what you think it might be, please email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. It is not The Curse of the Mummy by Arl Stein. It's, it's something obscure, and I, I just can't figure it out. So please help if you can. It was driving me crazy. I, <laughs> we would have recorded this even earlier in the morning, except I was looking for this for so long, and I finally just sent you a message. I was like, I give up. Mm-hmm. So um, how many books do you have, by the way? That's a good question. Let's see. One, two... I have nine. You have nine? Well, I guess, yeah, nine. <laughs> I'm going to let you start. Um, <laughs> so I had like four from childhood, a whole bunch of Goosebumps ones I want to talk about, and then I had three others, again, that weren't from my childhood. So actually, this works out pretty well, but I will let you start because I am very impressed by what you just said. Nine is, that's awesome. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm just rambling okay. now. So I'm going to start with a classic. You know, okay, I'm going to give a spoiler alert. A lot of these are ghost-related. I was apparently way into ghost stories <laughs> when I was, like, 10. <laughs> so I'm going to start with Wait Till Helen Comes by Mary Downing Hahn. Classic, classic ghost story. Um, 12-year-old Molly and her 10-year-old brother Michael have never liked their youngest stepsister, Heather. Poor Heather. <laughs> Ever since their parents got married, she's made Molly and Michael's life miserable. Now their parents have moved them all to the country to live in a house that used to be a church with a cemetery in the backyard. That's fine. Uh-huh. Totally fine. normal, yeah. 
If that's not enough, Heather starts talking to a ghost named Helen and warning Molly and Michael that Helen is coming for them. Molly feels certain Heather is in some kind of danger, but every time she tries to help, Heather twists things around to get her into trouble. And it seems as if things can't get any worse, but they do when Helen comes. Mm -hmm. Ah, it's classic. Yeah. It's classic. Um, Speaking of classics, I realize the ones that I picked are all pretty old, which is interesting. I'm just realizing as I'm looking at them. Um, like, what do you mean by old? Like, they were written a long, long time. Like, for my first one is The Halloween Tree by Ray Bradbury. Ah, uh, okay. Um, also, if you can hear, like, a humming in the background, I don't know if it's going to pick it up, but uh, there's been construction going on in our office for a while now, and I have no idea what the sound is, but... You no probably, idea what's happening You there. probably can't hear it, but if you can, that that's what's going on. There's, there's construction in overdrive. Anyway, The Halloween Tree by Ray Bradbury. Uh, so this is, like I said, it's classic, it's a little bit older, but it's very much, um, like an adventure book. So there's Halloween night and there's eight trick-or-treaters. They gather at, um, this like haunted house and it's near the edge of town. And, uh, then something dark and spooky takes one of the friends away, Pip. Um, and then there's only one man who can help them and that's the, uh, carapace clavicle. Mount Shroud, and it's he's the sinister guy in town, and um, they end up kind of going from ancient Egypt. Again, not the book I was thinking of before, but they they're transported from like ancient Egypt to Notre Dame to the catacombs underneath uh, Mexico, and it's just this long journey um, that there's magic and there's life and death and there's, but it's really just like a coming of age friendship tale, really about the true significance of Halloween and. It's written by Ray Bradbury, so you know it's really, really good. But it was—I remember it being like one of the first Halloweeny stories I read. So, mm-hmm. yep, Halloween tree. Uh, my next one. Okay, I'm gonna do "Ghost in the Big Brass Bed" by Bruce Coville. So this is uh, good old Bruce Coville. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a. There's three books about uh, Nina Tan Levin. They were mysteries. Um, first one was. Ghost in the Third Row, then there was Ghost War Grey, but my favorite is Ghost in the Big Brass Bed. And so many ghosts. <laughs> so many ghosts, as I said. I was way into ghost stories. So um, Nina and uh, her best friend uh, Chris have, ha- are starting to work at an antique shop in their town, and they um, come across their their latest ghost. They they run into ghosts a lot. Early. <laughs> their latest ghost. <laughs> They run into ghosts a lot. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's this big breast bed that they find. Um, and there's a ghost crying, of a, like a little girl's crying. Ghost, little girl crying. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> I have no idea why I'm struggling with it today. That's okay. Um, and they... Uh, when they're investigating, they meet another ghost who resembles uh, the girl's father. And um, there's like clearly something happening and there's mystery involved and there's these two ghosts and you got to figure out. It's a whole thing. It's great. <laughs> Struggling today, clearly, and I don't know why. That's okay. And I'm also, again, I'm now I'm just like thinking of this, this sound that's going on and I'm like so wondering how this is going to sound when, we're, when I'm editing this anyway. Um, super. Everything's going great for us. It's all coming together. Uh, my next one's A Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. And I know I've talked about this in the past, probably like last year around this time, but every year I read The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. 
Um, it's a short story, and basically, if you're looking for it, just about anywhere you search, it's going to be like uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and other tales. So if you want to read some more Washington Irving, you can do that too. But uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow is famous for The Headless Horseman and Ichabod Crane. Um, and I, for whatever reason, it's just always kind of captured my imagination, um, probably having a lot to do with The Headless Horseman. <laughs> throwing Naturally. a hey yeah throwing a you know flaming pumpkin at people and yeah um i don't know i've always just loved like ichabod crane is kind of just like this every man who um you, you don't think much of and he's teaching the kids of the uh of the hollow basically of sleepy hollow and uh he learns about this legend of the headless horseman and headless horseman <laughs> headless horseman jesus we're both terrible we're both struggling today um, the ending is not if you've never read the actual story the ending is not the one you might expect from like watching say Sleepy Hollow the movie it is very very different um, but I love it it's it's like the perfect spooky story um, and I'm due this year for my next reading of it so if you've never read The Legend of Sleepy Hollow I, I highly recommend it my next one is Stone Words by Pam Conrad um, so this is about a girl named Zoe and when Zoe is four years old, she meets Zoe Louise, who is more than 100 and lives in the same house, but they are separated by a staircase. And as she's growing up, her parents, Zoe's parents think Zoe Louise is her imaginary friend. No, she's actually a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> who lives in the house, but lives like on the back side of it, basically, where you can like go back in time and... As Zoe is growing up, Zoe Louise obviously stays the same because she's a ghost, but things are changing in a really not great way. Um, And it is up to Zoe to solve a mystery from a century ago by actually going, like, through, like, you know, through the house and up the staircase and whatever um, and going back in time. And this is one of those books where I forgot about it for a really long time. And then a couple years ago, I was like, what was that book? (laughs) I actually managed to find it. (laughs) Now you're just rubbing it in. I am just rubbing it in. That's Uh right. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Um, Oh, you're done. I'm done. Okay, sorry. Uh, My next one is The Witch of Blackbird Pond by Elizabeth Mm -hmm. George Spear. Uh, I was reminded about this by a friend, Christina, and I do remember loving this as a kid. So uh, there is a 16-year-old. Her name is Kit Tyler, and... This is set in the 1600s, I should say. Uh, so Kit is comes to colonial Connecticut in the mid-1600s uh, from the island of Barbados, and she joins this family she's never met before, and she's trying to figure out like how to belong, but also how to stay true to herself. And um, she ends up meeting this person named Hannah, and the people of the colony believe Hannah to be a witch. And so it's just this whole com- it's this whole book about um, can she sort of stay true to herself? And is what is this friendship? And is her friend really a witch or is it not? Um, and just really interesting. I like books that have a potentially spooky aspect of it that may or may not be real. Um, I actually just finished... Uh, Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts, which I believe we talked about in the intro to like upcoming books in October. And there's an aspect of that too. It's like you don't know until the very end whether this one character is actually a ghost or like a oh, figment nice. of someone's imagination. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, and The Witch of Blackbird Pond is very much the same way. So 
It's really good, and I, it actually won. Um, I won a Newbery Medal in 1959. So it's a high quality book. It is a high quality book. Yes. All right, mine is not a ghost one. Um, <coughs> it is. I, I think I still have more ghost ones coming out. However, yeah. so this one is more of a suspense thriller. It's the face on a milk carton. I was thinking about these. Yeah. By Caroline B. Cooney. Oh, man. Mm. These books. I read the this series like over and over again. I kind of want to read it now again. So um, I'm going to do that thing where I'm like those young kids. listeners there could be people who don't understand the milk carton reference no to... that's totally fair you're absolutely <laughs> right that's 100 percent so you know way back when kids would go missing um they would put their faces on the side of milk cartons mm-hmm. and so they, they would kind of be dispersed and you would like kids missing it happens in big like it <laughs> does happen and i was trying to think of it happened when like we i'm were pretty kids. sure it was in big there's a scene where i think he's sees his like i feel like there's a thing in big isn't there i saw something recently with the the <laughs> milk carton thing um and yeah so Janie um is you no know, she's got this great life she's got great parents um everything seems fantastic and then one day she comes across a milk carton with her face on it from mm-hmm. when she was a little girl um and it turns out she was kidnapped 12 years before from a shopping mall. And she knows nothing about this. And so the whole book and the series really is about, um, like, who is who really is she? How did she end up getting kidnapped? Who are her parents? Like, the people she, you know she's grown up with, um, knowing them as mom and dad. Um, and it was just so... It was so good. Yeah. And there are, it's a series. It There's, is a series. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was actually looking this up, there apparently was, um, she, Caroline, uh, wrote a book that came out, um, like six years ago. That, like a part that of the, is part of the series, like the final really? book in the chapter, like in the story that I don't think I ever knew or read. So I'm going to have to, I may have to go back. That and, uh, is amazing. Rewatch, uh, reread these. Yeah. Um, my next one is Killing Mr. Griffin by Lois Duncan. Uh, so, Lois Duncan, nope, Mr. Griffin, jeez. Mr. Griffin is, like, this really, really strict teacher at a high school, uh, Del Norte High School. And he gives people, like, endless projects, and he loves humiliating his students. Um, and, like, the, there's the main character, Susan, who's a straight-A student, and even she can't really believe how mean he is to uh, one of their classmates, Mark. Uh, and so... Susan gets asked by this uh, group of students, including someone she has a crush on, uh, that they want to teach him a lesson. And she's like, yeah, I'm absolutely, I'm going to go along with this. Um, And what was thought to be a harmless prank, of course, things don't go as planned. Uh, One accident leads to another, and then people begin to die. And uh, Susan and all of her friends have to kind of figure out, like, oh, wait, hang on. So one of us is a killer. And so it's a classic, like, you know, clue situation where you have to figure out who's doing what Mm -hmm. and who's doing the murdering. Uh, so it's really, really good. Uh, it's a lot of fun, which is a weird thing to say about a book about murdering people. But, you know, it's kind of like um, Agatha Christie's and Then There Were None. It's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. Um, so that's Killing Mr. Griffin by Lois Duncan. Okay, so my next one is Remember Me by Christopher Pike. Um, this was definitely something I read. Like, I, you know, I read 
RL sign that I graduated up to Christopher Pike. Can't remember what, how old I was, but probably not really as old as I should have been. Um, so Christopher Pike um, is sort of in that same vein of, of, you know, young adult thriller and horror writers. And this is about a teenager named Sherry. And she um, goes to a party with some of her friends and they decide to start playing the Ouija board. Totally. As one does, yeah. I mean, hello. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and as they're playing it, they think that uh, Peter, someone um, who, had, uh, a friend who had previously died, they think Peter is starting to talk to them. And while at the party, Sherry finds out her boyfriend's cheating on her. And she goes upstairs, out on the balcony, and the next thing she knows is she's waking up in her bed. Only when she goes downstairs, her parents can't see her, her brother can't see her, everyone's ignoring her, because she's dead. And she came back as a ghost. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. ghost story. A lot of ghost stories. <laughs> and um, all she can remember is falling off the balcony during the party, and um, the everyone on the outside who is, you know, still living, It's thinks she um, jumped off the balcony. But she knows that she was murdered. So Peter, the the boy who they thought was um, contacting them, finds her. And they work together, two ghosts, <laughs> to <laughs> solve, solve Sherry's murder. <laughs> ghost teamwork. And ghost detectives from beyond the grave mm-hmm, mm-hmm, solving mm-hmm. the murder. So good. Solving, uh, solving Sherry's murder. Yeah, so that's uh, Remember Me by Christopher Pike. Nice. Okay, I have a series of Goosebumps books that I'm just going to rattle off here real quick. So there are over 60 of the Goosebumps books, and Overdrive has all of them, so obviously you can read any of them that you want. Um, one of the things that was really cool at Book Expo and BookCon is I got to meet Arl Stein because we did an interview with him for our perspectives on reading Digital Magazine. Um, our CEO, Steve Potash, did a video interview with him, but one of the things he talked about was that he thinks the reason his books are so popular is like he purposely doesn't put a lot of description into who the protagonist is in the books and it's so that we can all kind of feel like we're the protagonist so i really like that that was very interesting but uh and if you want more of that interview you can go to perspectivesonreading.com and you can go watch that interview but here are some of the goosebumps books that i loved of the 62 and i'll just quick reasons why welcome to dead house was the very first one ever so i just it's you know it's a haunted house story pretty classic standard but it's the first goosebumps books that ever existed which is great um one day at Horrorland is like if you went to Disney, but all of the rides and characters wanted to to kill you, which is you know who doesn't love a co- we've talked about carnivals who doesn't sure. who doesn't love a creepy carnival, uh, the Cuckoo Clock of Doom is sort of like a Twilight Zone episode where there's a clock and someone tries to mess with time and they they end up going backwards in time and they have to rush to fix it before they become unborn. Uh, the Haunted Mask, there's several of those, and the first one is really really good. It's just you know a mask kind of turns you into a little little jerk of a human who's doing yep. all sorts of things. Uh, the Werewolf of Fever Swamp is very, very good because there's, uh, there's a swamp and there's a lot of murder going on and someone thinks it's this kid's dog, but it's not his dog. And he knows that because he knows for a fact that there's a werewolf in the area and he has to go track down the werewolf. Uh, Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns just because it's a Halloween book and everyone has pumpkin heads. And then, um, do you remember Escape from the Carnival of Horrors? It was the first R.L. Stein Choose Your Own Adventure. I don't think so. So he did a series of books called Give Yourself Goosebumps. And it was those books that 
you could flip through and there are like 20 different endings and it was like for this thing go to if you want to make this decision go to page well yeah i don't know (laughs) you're giving me this look and i was like i feel like he knows what i'm talking about but uh the first one of the rl stein books was escape from the carnival of horrors and i looked Overdrive has these. I don't know how the ebook version of Choose Your Own Adventure oh, books I works. I, sh- I was I didn't have a chance to look it up, but I just remember that one being really really fun because I do remember the classic like keeping your finger on the page and being like, no no no, I didn't course, turn. Naturally. I was just looking. I was just looking. So, uh, but yeah, we have all the Goosebumps books and all the Fear Street books by R.L. Stein on our in our collections, which is awesome. So I may just like go back and reread a whole bunch of them over the next couple weeks. Good stuff. Yeah. So those are just some of my favorite. Goosebumps books. We'd love, hey, if you want to tell us your favorite Goosebumps books while you're emailing us telling me about the book I can't remember, feel free to do that. I always liked the Goosebumps book, The Beast, only because it was a roller coaster at Kings Island, which is in Ohio. And so mm-hmm. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. they I, And the co- the covers are just so Like They yeah. were so great. They make me so happy. Um, Let's see. I don't think I have any more ghost stories. Okay. <laughs> Next, I have Benicula, which I'm sure I've talked about before, probably this time last year. Um, but, of course, Benicula is all about the um, vampire bunny. Yeah. Supposedly, vampire bunny. And there's the cat and the dog and is the bunny vampire. And it's a whole series and it's great. Love. Love, love, love Benicula. So fun. Um, oh, I actually asked, I asked people, too, on Twitter. Uh for their thoughts and we got lots of goosebumps stuff but we also got um sweet valley twins the chiller books i don't remember those i don't remember um someone said the raven by edgar Allan poe which makes a lot of sense someone else said ichabod crane and the headless horseman um several people said scary stories to tell in the dark but you and i have talked about those yeah i have it on my list but then i was like probably don't need to mention that yeah um and then tail uh talipo which I'm not sure about. Do you have any Roald Dahl books on there? I don't. Okay. Ooh. They mentioned, so this, somebody reminded me about The Witches. The Witches. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so The Witches is super spooky. And also, James and Giant Peach, just because it's a weird... That is a little spooky. Yeah, so those are all the Twitter answers we got. I didn't want to forget about those, but go ahead. I'm just... I feel like... Oh, man. So... <laughs> The witches, like I, it says a lot about me that I read the witches. I'm like, man, that grand, grand high witch is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, that isn't spooky. This is great. Oh man, <laughs> and that's to, like wear a mask and you know the whole thing with the violet eyes and trying to figure out if it's a witch. Good old grand high witch. Yeah, love her. Um, so I have a couple again. These I didn't read when I was young, but they are good for a young adult or kids uh, because I read them slightly after that. But um, the first one is The Monstermologist by Rick Yancey, and that's a whole series. Um, but it's basically a series of about a monster hunting doctor and his apprentice. So there's all of these monsters in the world, and a lot of people don't know about them. And uh, there's this monster hunting doctor who it's his job to kind of track them down and keep the world safe from them and the way that it's written is really really cool because the apprentice will henry starts a secret diary and basically it's written as like diary entries about how they're going through and and fighting these very uh various like creepy monsters and they go into like scientific detail about what the monsters look like and how they react and all sorts of stuff so um it's a, like i said it's a whole series it's very much like if you took hp lovecraft and like Arthur Conan Doyle and sort of mashed it together. It's really cool. Uh, so that's that's the Monstromologist is the first one, and it's by Rick Yancey, who you might know from The Fifth Wave was the other series that he wrote. 
Um, I have two more. They kind of go together, though. So the first is um, The Dark and Deadly Pool. These are both by Joan Lowry Nixon. They're actually um, like a duology. Mm -hmm. Not really a duology, but they are the same character. So in The Dark and Deadly Pool, um, Mary Elizabeth takes a job at a summer health club, which sounds great. Um, (laughs) But uh, she does, uh, she's working in the evening and she's making her nighttime rounds at the pool. You know, there's like weird sounds and um, like lights and all this stuff. And then she sees a face disappear into the dark pool. And that's fine. That's totally normal. That's fine. So Joan Lowry Nixon wrote a lot of mysteries um, for... I don't know, I was probably like 13 when I read her books. And then the next one, the next Mary Elizabeth thing. Okay, I have a question for you. Yes. This is related, I promise. But when it comes to like sitcoms, you know how sitcoms, there's always sort of um, tropes? Yeah. Every sitcom seems to do like the same kind of type of things. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite trope in sitcoms? Oh, man, that's such a good question. Like we're like an episode, you know what I mean? Like there's always like the new neighbor, the new, like that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, um... I enjoy, and I don't know if it's a, so much of a trope, but I enjoyed sitcoms and shows when we were growing up that would do like a scary episode and then kind of act like nothing ever really actually happened. Like there's okay, a yeah. Boy Meets World episode. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, or like it's a dream the whole time, but there was a Boy Meets World episode where that's like a um, Sean is secretly, there's a killer secretly killing all the people and it's actually Sean dreaming about the fact that he has to, step away from being Corey's best friend Got it. so those things where they're like they'll just randomly do like a creepy episode and then all of a sudden they'll just go back to being like that never happened right. sort of thing okay so mine is murder mystery weekends <laughs> okay yeah 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 absolutely golden girls had a great one uh-huh say why the bell is a classic yes so well, i um, kind of did accidentally i was i sort of led you with i didn't even know that's where you're going i know so um <laughs> so for uh, Joan Larry Nixon, the second Mary Elizabeth book is called The Weekend Was Murder! Exclamation <laughs> point. And it is all about a murder mystery weekend where, Love of course, a real body is found. Love murder mystery weekends. <laughs> murder mystery weekends are the best. That reminds me, uh, Stuart Holden has a new book coming out next year. I don't know. He did The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn, Hark- Evelyn Hardcastle, which is very murder mystery e. Mm-hmm. I don't know if his new book's going to be, but that just reminded me. It, like, it just that got announced. a little murder mystery, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little murder mystery weekend. Well, I love all uh, I love like all Agatha Christie books, and a lot of those are murder mystery weekend. Very much. Yeah. Very much. <sighs> now I want to watch Clue. Uh, the murder mystery weekend episode of, I mean, it's just like Say Why the Bell is so good. <laughs> just, a, just a classic. There's like, you know, hidden... Secret passageways and like dead bodies yeah. and who really died and can you trust anybody and of course one of the people in your group is the one who's either the detective or is the one who um, everyone thinks is the murderer and it's just oh god everything is so good. There's like it's like every other episode of Scooby Doo, but that's a cartoon. So it's pretty much. Um, all right, the last I have one more. And again, this is newer, but Doll Bones by Holly Black. Um, I read this just a couple years ago, but again, it's it's good for, for like children's stuff, and I wanted to have more books. So, um, but it's a group of friends who they come across this old doll, and they are told it's made from the bones of a dead girl, and the toy, or the doll itself, wants to keep playing with other with everyone else in the group and so they go on this like long adventure to kind of like take the 
doll back to where they think it came from. And like the whole story is very much kind of like I was talking about before where it's like you don't know if the, the kids are just projecting what they want to happen onto this doll or if the doll actually is like a spiritual being of some kind. And there's a lot of mystery about it. And it's it's very, very hazy by design. Um, how I said, she's like, I didn't want people to know what's, what's going on in it. But it's like, I don't know. There's just, it's very, uh, for being a like basically juvenile horror story, it was super unnerving to, even reading as an adult. I was like, this is actually legitimately scary. So um, and as is true with, you know, a doll and, and stuff, it shows up in different places that you're, than where you remember leaving it. Well, and, sure, that's totally fine. Yeah, exactly. And I'll just, it's very, very, very spooky. And um, I don't know, it just, I really, really liked it. And it also has this, like, the stand by me, like, children going on an adventure to you know come of age type of a story as well so that's doll bones it's really really good um you said you went through all of yours that's all i got awesome okay well those are books that scared us as kids or just that we enjoyed um let us know if you have some that we didn't mention uh all of these will be in the show notes um is that everything i think so okay are you going somewhere this weekend that people can find you are you traveling again or is this for like not work-related travel because i know you're in the middle of your oh uh yeah no i'm not okay i'm not either i'm doing absolutely nothing this weekend i'm sitting at home in my house maybe watching clue um okay well yeah i think that's about everything so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the professional book nerds podcast readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in marketplace professional book nerds is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program to learn about other evergreen podcasts visit evergreenpodcasts.com our podcast is produced recorded and edited by adam sokol and jill grunewald and presented by rakuten overdrive for more information visit professionalbooknerds.com are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, And this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.